0: year four was the first time that i actually recall having an english language learner in my class and it was robotics and i remember thinking why did they put this student in my class when we're learning another language besides english so in my naivete and not really completely knowing or understanding about ELLs and their learning, I had a pretty bad attitude, but I will say that I have learned a lot since then. And I want to go over today, three things that I wish I had known back in year four about supporting ELLs specifically in the CTE classroom. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Massick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. This is a subject that I feel like I continue to learn more and more every day, partially because my day job at the district office is helping to support Title III, which is those for English language learners or now commonly are referred to as MLs or multilingual learners. I might use those interchangeably because I'm used to talking about them during the school day. But I wanted to share some of the things that worked in my classroom, but then also some observations that I've made since being in this position that I really wish I would have known to be able to support my students. So we're going to be going over three different things. The first is you do not need to know their native or their heritage language in order to be successful. That is one thing that I think is a huge misconception, thinking that if you have students who are Spanish speakers that in order for you to teach them your content, you must know Spanish. You don't need to know Spanish a lot of different things depending on the language. There are different strategies that you can use. One is the idea of cognates. So there are different words in different languages that are very familiar or they sound similar in one language to another. Just being aware of what those cognates are can help you without you actually having to know the language. And you could even just search and find out what are some cognates in this language and in english that relate to this unit or this topic or maybe some vocabulary words and you can probably do this in chat gpt i haven't tried it but i'm sure you can and it could give you a list of ideas of things that you could do now the one of the best ways to teach students another language is through visuals and context. Just having a picture when you are talking about something will be huge. When you're talking about fruits and vegetables, if you are teaching in a family consumer science class and you're talking about different knife skills, having the pictures of the different knives with the name underneath it will help your ELLs. It will help all of your students, but it will really help those students get an idea of what is going on and kind of put those two items together. You do not need to know the language, but it is very helpful if you have some sort of visuals or things to support their language or their learning, their development of the English language. The next thing I wish I would have known was how the scoring and the rating of English. So. In our district in our state we use the WIDA access and I know that this isn't in every state but you can find out you can talk to whoever is your support person at your district or your LEA or your state to find out what they use and What typically happens is that students upon moving into your school will get screened to find out what their language level is. And then every year, they will get assessed to see where that language currently is. And with the the WIDA Access, there are specifically four different domains. There is a speaking, a listening, a writing, and a reading. And every year when those students are assessed, they are given a score in each of those domains. And then they're also given a composite score. I had no idea, well, first off, I had no idea that there was even scores. I had no idea. I just thought that every student who came in that door, who they told me was ELL or ML didn't speak any English, could not understand a word I was saying, which is completely false. Because you have no idea what their language background is. You have no idea how long they've been learning English. You don't know if they know nothing. You don't know if they are fairly proficient in a language. Knowing and understanding that score will really help you. You can ask around. Usually there is someone Like I said, in your district or in your school that will be able to help you navigate those scores. But an example that we had this year is I've started talking more to Jared about it, my welding teaching husband. And he, at the beginning of the school year, was able to pull up his roster. He found out who these students were, and then he was able to look at their scores. And because we had already discussed what they meant, he looked and he saw okay, so here's the composite score, which Sure, that means something, but what he looked and found out was that the reason their composite score was what they were, and I'm going to just throw it on a number, like it was a 3.5. So they're still pretty high, but the reason that that number was so high was because they are very good at listening. Their listening score is very high, but why it's being pulled down, their listening score was like a 4.8 but what they were lacking in was the speaking. That allowed him to know, they're going to understand everything that I say, but they need practice speaking the language. They need practice doing turn and talk, or think, pair, share, anything like that, or just explaining it to a partner, or even him as a teacher, that is where they're going to need some help to help them increase their proficiency level in english just knowing that little tiny bit of information has let him plan out the rest of his course and it also it eased his fears because when you get your list of students and you're given all of this information it just seems like more and more and more keeps getting piled on once you start to see that roster Who has IEPs? Who has 504s? Now we've got students who are flagged ML. What does that mean? Am I going to have to do huge amounts of work and effort to differentiate? Part of the way to remove that overwhelm is to educate yourself on what those things actually are and see there are probably things you're already doing or there are just simple tweaks that you can make that don't require you to make an entire additional lesson plan which leads me into my third thing that I wish I would have known and that was how to differentiate a site now it was always or it seemed common that I would just give every student the same exact assignment but in reality what you can do is you can think about who You would like to have do. This proficiency. That would be the majority of the students. and you plan for that. You plan the highest what you want students to be able to do, what you want them to be able to show you, how you want them to be able to show that you, and then you just work down from that. Now this is a great thing that you can throw into Chat GPT where you can ask it. You can say, this is my mastery or my proficiency level. Can you give some examples of some, lower proficiency levels that are possibly building up to this, and then you can just pick which would work for you. Now if your student is having difficulty communicating, like especially writing, then maybe not having them write an essay is something that you would want them to do. Perhaps you are having them fill in sentence stems instead. You're giving the majority of the sentence and you're having them fill things in or you're just having them answer question with a single sentence answer that's if you're doing something like that now the perk of being in CTE is you can more likely than not you can have them demonstrate something back away from the paper pencil test and use that time where your students are demonstrating, where they are showing their proficiency, have that be their assessment. So it doesn't mean that you have to completely throw out that written test for all of your students, but maybe you modify it and this is scaffolding and you've modified, you've scaffolded, you've allowed to have these students show and meet this proficiency without needing to do your paper pencil test. So these are three things that I wish I would have known about supporting my English language learners or my multilingual learners in my classroom. The first is knowing and understanding their language is not necessary. It is not required. You can be a fabulous teacher for these students without knowing their language. Do not stress out about whether or not you can translate everything for them. I forgot to say this earlier. There are some times where you will probably want something translated, and that is specifically when it relates to safety. If you are in a shop setting or a lab setting where there could be safety things involved, I would recommend that whatever safety test or information for safety is translated in the other language because you don't want someone to get hurt because they don't know English. Better safe than sorry. This is totally acceptable time to have things translated. Okay, the next thing is knowing what level they are on based on their score. Figuring out if they are doing the WIDA access what their score currently is so that you have an idea what is their proficiency level right now, and what are their goals to get to the next proficiency level. And then finally, how to differentiate assignments. What do you need to require or ask of students, and how are you going to be able to help them without making it either too easy or too difficult? As always, if this episode was helpful to you, it could be for others. To help spread the word about this episode, this podcast, make sure that you send it to a teacher friend and you can do that by sharing it, sending in an email, Or you can also take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your Instagram stories or any other social network you're on. You can tag me at Kristen Massick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.